You're now listening to Crypto with Kark. All right, so yeah, I'm I'm here. If you guys have any questions about the D apps or the taxation or uh, the side tokenomics piece, or it went over a lot of crap. The apps. I think you all could speak. So you know, if you want to mute yourself <laughs> and talk. it's it's a lot of fun it's it's a lot of fun to do this on a weekly basis so but mitch is in my basement he is tied up can't escape <laughs> just put me in a nice room but lots of light my feet are tied though so yeah. <laughs> you like blink like sos you know yeah, yeah kept looking That's at the funny. chat I was trying not to just lose it. It's great. You are. Are you still suppressed? You say suppressed. Um, can you guys type in voice chat if you're suppressed? You can't unmute. You can hear me, right, false? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Testing. Well, I can. Okay. All right. That was just from five minutes ago. Got it. Yeah. Uh. I'm looking at some of the feedback now. It's good feedback. Appreciate it. And if there's anything we can do to improve the quality of the streams or better content or whatever, like let me know. It's just super cash right now. We're just kind of doing whatever. Oh, interesting fact. Um, excluding the initial burn, we have burned 14.262 trillion useless tokens worth $249,000. Jeez. Wow. So, Justin, if you're going through the uh, Sunday burn day, Sunday sunburns, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you're like, oh, they're only burning two trillion. Like we've we've just in the past four weeks alone have burned two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Crazy. Can't wait to throw the IRS. It's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be a mess, but you know we'll deal. Oh God. I think I was sweating that entire stream, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think we should change from this format, you know, too much. No, I, I think I really works. like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there'll probably be some other things. Like, I probably do want a screen sharing mode, or like, um, we could have someone share their screen, and then we can kind of pop in and see it. I think that'd be good. But that's the only thing that I would change. And. Yeah. You know, maybe have Mitch, you know, blink a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was like, I'll oh, blink twice if uh, you're being yeah. held hostage. 
Nice. Yeah, if you guys have any question, like, go ahead. Up, oh, sorry. No, it's just it's just me. It's 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 Mitch. I was just saying, I'm definitely gonna be drinking Coors next week. <laughs> I think we should all drink Coors. There we go. And I need to sip sip from a vase. <laughs> But yeah, if you guys have any questions, go ahead. I can field them here. So, without it being like a super official AMA. <sighs> and there comes in Starfall with the facts. Excluding <laughs> initial burn, we've burned this much. But yeah, no questions. Like, I really nailed it, I guess. Or is yeah. like everyone just like not talking? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I come in here like, hey, guys, like, let's talk. And then I feel like I have to monologue. Yeah, we're just chilling. Yeah. I All seriously right. the um, stream. It was awesome. Like, it really was. Really? Yeah, even though yeah. we started a few minutes late. I mean, it was it was really funny because <laughs> right at the end, we're just like, okay, and wait, the stream key no longer works anymore. We're like, why? And then the stream key is literally missing. Like, you go in there and there's no stream key anymore. And we're like, ah! <laughs> so we had to set a two-factor off. We don't know where it went. Like, I'm super No, it's just disappeared. Like, you can't even reset it. Yeah, you can't. You hit reset and it's just blank, right? Um, so we're oh, like, yes. what do we do? <laughs> so <laughs> Simple had to do the uh, login credentials, but in order to do that, to set your stream of login credentials, you have to do two-factor authentication, right? And so then I had to set up two-factor authentication and then share the QR code thingy for the auth for, with him as well. And so we had to set that up real quick and we were able to get it done in a few minutes. It was pretty cool. So. I had yeah. one thing, though. Um, because uh, when I watched the stream, I really loved the background with the sun and everything, but I really tried to focus on you and only you, and I think it distracted me a little bit, like that it was so bright and so much in the background. Dude, I just paid 60 bucks for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be um, honest, I like the sun, so... You do like the sun? Yeah. I like it too. It's just a little match. Like, I wanted to focus on you and only you. And it was, like, just so much happening in the background. But I loved it. It's awesome. Good spend. Okay. Yeah, that's good feedback. Uh, we could probably, like, reduce, like, the brightness of it or something, maybe. So. Maybe we can grab some stock music for the starting soon bit as well. Yeah, yeah we were looking for some, weren't we? But it was just like, ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we, we were looking for music, and then we're like, nah, because I have a, play, a stream playlist that I used to use for YouTube, but it's a little bit different. We need the actual MP3s. And so with, with like, 10 minutes until the stream's starting, we're like, nah, let's just, let's just have it with no music this time. That's fine. We got to improve things every stream, right? So. Yeah. Can't set the bar too high. Yeah. But no, dude, I, I love it. And holy crap, like, you guys see this chart? It's yeah. 
Yes, some people just want to like spend 25k on useless, but I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> like, if someone literally uh, bought in today with everything we raised for the fundraiser for the exchange, just 25k. That's insane. That is insane. So, can you actually fit? Is it only 25 people on this channel? Um, I think as soon as you enable video, it locks it oh. to 25. So maybe I should. That's, that's the impression I'm under anyway. Well, we only got 14 people in here, so it's fine. Yeah. It was 99 earlier, but it changed to 25. Yeah, it's as soon as you enable video, Discord caps it. Oh, okay, yeah, I see. I see. I'll leave it. At, I'll leave the video on for now. But no, I'm gonna turn the video off. 99 <laughs> challenge. <Fuck it>. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more chill too. I wouldn't have to like look at myself and stuff. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> It's a thing, you know what I mean? Like when you're streaming, yeah. you're like, hey, there I am. <laughs> Constantly making that you're not just pulling a weird face or anything like that. Right. <sighs> no, it was good. Yeah, it was it was great. And again, simple. I mean, unsung hero, dude. Thanks so much, dude. For no worries. Well, we're number 10 in coin market cap for today. Jeez. That's insane. For gainers and losers, and we're gaining. <laughs> I was about to say that <laughs> we're not losing; we're gaining. <laughs> yeah, we slowly approaching your twenty line again, like above one nine. Yep. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it's a lot faster this time around. Like, it was a slow creep up, right? And you're like, oh, man! And now it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was incredible, though. We had we 30k in buy-ins in, like, uh, 30 minutes. Jeez. And these look like these look like newer investors, so exciting. Yeah. Volume today when I woke up was at 30k and now we are at 170. Oh my gosh! Well, and we're massively it... overachieving as well on the the Bollinger Bands TA. Yeah, that is insane. Uh, full transparency. So we're at 130 billion in the contract right now. Um, when we're doing massive bull runs, what I like to do is to send 250 billion into the contract. What that will do is that will set that um, at around 400 billion in the contract, which means that when it hits 500 billion, it will trigger swap and liquefy. So I'm basically doubling the speed at which swap and liquefy fires by topping it off with 250 billion in the contract. So I'm going to send 250 billion to the contract right now. Do not be alarmed. Just speeding up Sally here during bull runs. It helps our liquidity. Sally inbound. Make sure I'm on the right. <laughs> I'm on the right account. That would suck. Um, like before, I, I used to do this by myself. I actually put two trillion 
of my own funds into just putting into liquidity. And now I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. So. Okay, I'll double check. Don't send 15 to you again. Okay, so we have 400 billion in the contract now. So when we hit 500 bill, he'll trigger. I don't like manually triggering swap and liquefy just because I don't want people to like thought about the timing. So it will just, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, shit, value on BNB in there. Oh my gosh, this is insane. Jeez. Oh, I know who this is. Okay, you do? It's. Yeah. I won't. I won't ask. So I can tell you. Okay. If you want to know anyway. I like his wallet, though. He only uh, he only bought. He never sold. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Unuseless. Yes. Let's not look at other tokens, though. Please. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's crazy. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to talk to them and thank them for their service. Damn. Yeah, we broke we broke two again. Jeez. Yeah. Well, it's really it's really interesting to see like uh you know, a Sunday event that, unlike SafeMoon, like, they do their AMAs. <laughs> it would always crash. It was so funny. You'd think, like, the price would go up after they do an AMA, and it always went down. Makes me laugh. Oh, it's, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, hey, man, I'm pumped, I'm pumped, and then you go in there, and then you're like, yeah, and then, like, it crashes every time. <laughs> Because eventually, I feel like that could happen. You know, people get like their expectations up or whatever. But I'm trying really hard not to get people's expectations too high. You know, it's no, good. Keeping it very, very balanced, and that's perfect. Thanks. I mean, they do say buy the hype, sell the news. Yeah. And so. What happens if I don't hype too much? <laughs> People not buy. <laughs> Always buy, never sell. Yeah, there you go. Buy high, sell low. Keep buying. NFA. Yeah, buy high, <laughs> sell low, right? Yeah. <laughs> I live by that. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are amazing. And, and just for the record, right, like, I'm just a face to this amazing, amazing group of people who are doing all the development, all the marketing, all the community management, all the shilling, all the graphics, all the designs, like Simple helping out with the streaming today, Tupac's making her videos, you know what I mean? Like, there's, and all the other things that I'm not mentioning is happening, that's, it's a collaborative, it's a team effort, right? And so, I'm just running around you know i'm putting it i'm putting a face to it but it's not me guys it is not me it is everyone who's part of this community this community-led um team so and it's not just a corporation multi-sig people right we're just the people that doxed ourselves to a u.s corporate entity and um you know but the the vast majority of the work um is is happening probably about a group of i'd say about 
26, 27 people. So Damn. just for the record there. Um, there's there's a lot of incredible people in this community that are making this happen. I'll be back soon. All right, seated. Fifteen million market cap. Oh. I think uh, so one of the things that I did I don't know how much I put this on blast but um, so I have a startup and my startup is it's something I've been working on for a while now because we only work on it on Thursday nights and if you if you take like three hours a week and you try to figure out like how many working weeks that is um like a year is like only like a couple weeks it's nuts right um so not a lot gets done when you're only working like a few hours for one night a week on a project but i mean that's what you have to do when you have so much crap going on in your life and so we were working on an app um that's where amir came from um he's our our front end guy who's come in recently um our front end architect working on the apps um so right now I went and had a conversation with everyone on the startup and we're like, guys, useless is where it's at. I mean, this could actually help fund the startup and turn it into like a real thing, right? Um, because we're looking at venture capitalists, but oh man, it makes you feel dirty just talking to them. They're freaking parasites. Um, and so we decided to retool temporarily um, all of the people working on the startup uh, we're now working on the uh, on the apps now, and it's coming along very, very well. So again, not to hype it up or anything like that, but just from what I've seen so far, it does get me excited. Um, just because you know, there's there's a flurry of activity. There's a lot of really, um, I would say, as far as an app goes, um, it's challenging just to kind of get things up and running to where like they're scaffolding, you know. And so we're well beyond that point, and that's. I mean, again, there's still a lot of work to do, um, but to be able to visually see it, to click through it, to, you know, you're, you're able to now visualize it in your mind's eye on what this thing's actually going to look like. And it's not vaporware, it's not UX, it's not people just talking about it or hyping it up. Like, you see it, you know? And so that's why I want to show something here soon. Um, also, too, there's no dark mode yet, and I know people would freak the F out. <laughs> I saw screenshots without dark mode. Um, so we want to get dark mode in. That's definitely MVP.
can't believe this. We're almost back at all-time highs. It's nuts. I'm really excited for the app. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen seen it? Um, short clips, not much. Um. Okay. Yeah, you should pop in next time we uh, we have a development channel session. You should pop in and see the live. Um, us going in and working on the app. Yeah, I try to get added to the uh, schedule, uh, like to the calendar. I don't. I'm not sure if I uh, if I was added yet. Um, shouldn't have to do anything with the calendar. You should just be able to pop in into that voice chat. Just yeah, see. but um, sometimes I miss it because I'm at work or something. So I like to know when oh. it's happening. That's what I meant. Oh, I like the times. Okay. Yeah, it is every Thursday at eleven Eastern. Yeah, Thursday at 11 Eastern, you should be able to pop oh. in and see us working on it. Yeah, I can actually make a time. I yeah. will just be off work. Yay! And obviously we're, we're working on it throughout the week, but that's when we do our weekly stand-up. Hey, Kevin, you got a high mic. Yeah, I'm just going to mute him really quick because I don't think he noticed that his mic is on. Art looks really healthy though. Like it really it looks really really good. Right, I mean it was a steady climb and some huge spikes, then it went a little bit down, but we stayed above a really healthy level and now it like just shot up straight up in the air. Yeah. I mean I always get um when it comes to maybe I shouldn't comment too much on price action, right? Um but I mean, obviously, buys are, are great. Um, the fact that, you know, people are like people are putting a lot of money into this. They have a lot of confidence, which is really exciting. Um, so having it's it's nice. I like to see kind of a mix um, of lots of little buys as well as like big ones. Right. And it's really cool because in the last tries, these were all like little tiny ones. That was when we had CMC and CoinGecko and all that. Right. Um, a lot of publicity with a Vice article. And then you see that those people didn't really kind of hold on to it that long, right? Um, they kind of they kind of aped in and kind of bled out. Um, but now it's, it's interesting because now you're seeing kind of like almost the opposite of that. You're seeing big ratchets up uh, from people who probably are going to be here to stay for a while. 
Um, and so I have a little bit more faith and confidence. And again, not financial advice, right? Um, but when you see those big buys, um, you have the impression that these people are here not to day trade or they're not paper hands. These are people who um, perhaps saw the AMA, um, not the AMA, sorry, the uh, the, sun, the sunburn, the burn day, um, <laughs> and had an increased confidence, right? And so that's that's exciting to see as opposed to, you know, just a, a bunch of people feeling like they're trying to FOMO, you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't like the CMC push because it was a lot of people like that paid uh, one K or something and just wanted to flip it to one uh, one thousand five hundred or two K and just like sell right away. And that was why it was it shot up and shot back down. And that's why I don't like like the CMC uh, pump. Yeah, the CMC pumps I've I've almost seen never quite work out that well. Like as soon as something gets listed on CMC, it probably is a really good time to like ape in and then ape out before it collapses you know yeah. and you almost see that the first collapse at the top of the chart i mean was huge you know it it brought it down like almost 30 percent um and so it, it's really interesting um looking at cmc pumps they're they're natural they're organic right these are small buyers coming in but these are the uh, the people that are very, very short term who probably didn't know anything about us. And so that's why I'm excited to kind of see us, um, I think, have based off that baseline, like excluding the CMC pump, you can almost draw a line from the eighth where you start having that rise up. And we've now kind of broken through that channel a little bit. Yeah, it was, I think, a 10k buy-in that was the first spike when CMC happened. And then um, a little bit later, the same person sold the 10k again. I think he made barely a profit, but um, that's what a lot of people did. Like, just buy-in, ape-in, and then ape-out. Yeah. Yeah, well... Section, so we'll see what happens, but... I mean, it's always the danger of um, publicity. It was really funny when botting for SafeMoon, you know, people were like, like, why when I sell, I lose 10%. And you're like, did you, like, <laughs> did you, like, yeah. not know anything about this token <laughs> before you purchased it? You know, so some... <laughs> this is really funny. You don't even know about the 10% tax, like, wow. Yeah, people asking questions they should really do, like, yeah, do your own research. And some people really don't. They just ape in and then start to look at the project. Yeah. I love the community, though. That's oh, different. I do, too. It's, it's growing well. And one of the things I've learned from um, my time, you know, um, running the SafeMind Reddit has been um that the tone changed when the leadership changed so when i first came in um and this isn't me like patting myself on the back i'm not trying to come across the way right but it was just i think just really like there was not a lot of people there leading it was just very chaotic um and so just having anybody come in and moderate um would definitely help but um that's what happened is we kind of went in and we're like, oh man, like this is chaotic. This is kind of nuts. People are just like fighting 
and fudding and it was it was crazy and so it was a lot of work um to kind of set up some boundaries but the the one thing i've always said is that you cannot create the culture of a community but you can lead from example and that's what we try to do is we try to create a scaffolding of rules so the community lived inside of the scaffolding they couldn't step outside of these certain hard boundaries like you can't dox people or you can't like harass or threaten other people or you know have pearl personal insults and things like that so we started building like the scaffolding of like you know obviously don't step outside of these bounds these rules and then that was half of it which i think a lot of communities stop at i think where we kind of took it to the next level is that we we tried really hard to lead by example and to set the tone and to be kind and to um and to be passionate and enthusiastic and, you know, and, and set that tone. And even, even things that were like kind of, I think you'd almost see in any token subreddit, right? Where people are like, oh, well, if you have anything that could even be resembling FUD, like you have legitimate concerns, people would ban you, right? And that was one thing that I felt was really important is that if people had legitimate concerns, that we engage with them. We engaged with them, we talked with them, and we we may not always see eye to eye, right? But as long as you had legitimate questions and you argued in good faith, you know, we'd, we'd allow you to do that. And it was interesting because on the Discord, it was completely opposite. Uh, you go on the Discord and you're like, um, what's this going on in the contract? Ban, you know? Um, I think they, they really leveled down on that too. But like in the early days, like... Anything that resembled FUD, you're out, right? And yeah, yeah, go for it. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Is I think like I learned a lot from that experience, and I think that you know, community building and useless now. Like I'm really trying to take a lot of those lessons forward. Is that you know, people in the community are going to look to um, are going to look to the people who are kind of running running the show a bit and based off their attitude, based off their interactions, right? Um, if they're a bunch of snarky assholes, you know, like then it's going to turn into Wall Street bets. Yeah. And that's fine for Wall Street bets, right? The moderation team instilled that culture, like full stop, right? They perpetuated it, they wanted it, and that's, that's what it ended up becoming. And good for them because it works in their own way. But we're not Wall Street bets, right? We're something else, we're something different. Um, and how we, how we lead, right. I think our example, the rules, the scaffolding, we set everything that we do helps, helps to define the community culture. But at the end of the day, it's a community that makes a culture, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, when I joined safe, like the safe moon subreddit in the moderation team, um, it was still like a mess. It was like, it, it already has been a couple months, but it's, um, it was still like the queue was always full and it was like a lot to handle. And uh, we really, really changed for the better. And it was like, now the queue is always clean. And like, we actually engage in comments and try to moderate, like not even the things that get reported or are pulled by Automod, we just like try to engage with the community and moderate or like just help. And I think that changed for such a better way. And that's why I like like, um, because I'm like on a useless uh, crypto subreddit and I really try to go like in the footsteps Still, 
our own way, but in the footsteps of the Safe Moon subreddit, because I think we achieved so much with it. And we have such an awesome community in the like uh, the Safe Moon subreddit. And um, I want to like do the same with Useless to like have it grow as a lovely community. But no, still, our own project. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I appreciate you. By the way, guys, if you don't know, Emil here uh, runs uh, the subreddit. So he's our uh, our Reddit platform community manager. So, yeah, so if you need right. anything, just tag me. But I mean, that's that's the type of people that we want um, in leadership here are people who who recognize the value of the community. Um, because if you if you don't have a community, what are you, right? Um, and so it's always been community first. Um, you know, we're not going to get ahead of it. Yeah, we're running a business, right? We're running a token. But at the, the end of the day, like, that's what makes us successful is that we have, we have an incredible community and people feel like they have a place to go that's fun to talk about some, you know, really exciting project that they're involved with, you know. And I don't ever want to lose that feeling. I don't ever want to feel like, you know, we're not engaged, that we don't care, that we feel like we're better, like that kind of crap. Like, that will not fly here. If you ever see it, come talk to me. I'll fix it. Yeah, the community is, uh, yeah, the project is community uh, driven. And I think that's one of the best things that can happen because it just, we try to do what the community wants and what they're looking for. And it's just, Community is the heart of the whole project, and it's the most important part. And you have to build it in like uh, uh, Twitter, um, Reddit, Discord. You just have to build a community that like supports the project and drives it. Hey guys, sorry for interrupting. Just wanted to say uh, I have to do a safe moon AMA now, but if you guys are still here uh, afterwards, I'd love to come back and uh, give some thoughts on useless. But you're killing it, Kark. Great job today. Uh, just gonna leave. Hey, thanks, buddy. That. Yeah, good to have you in here. Have fun. <laughs> low, low key flex, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Mark. He's awesome. So I don't know if you guys know, but like Mark and I work really, really well together. I think anybody in um in <laughs> can attest to that. Uh, we we have two a.m. to like five a.m. conversations on um in, in basically a think tank form where we're just going over some of the most really cool innovative ideas like the furnace um the ability to have like the uh dynamic furnace a lot of that came from mark like the guy is absolutely freaking brilliant um and we were we were able to piece together um this entire ecosystem i think just together and collaboratively it's just a lot of fun to work with him so he's a super cool chill dude and i think a, a huge 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 addition to to the team we've got a lot of good brains involved in here we yeah, really well, do <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so we have let's see i'm gonna step through it so we have lance lance has been in development now for 15 years he is an aws cloud architect um, you saw him do the relaunch, right? The guy just like lives and breathes Linux. Um, super, super cool, chill, down to earth dude who actually can like speak human as well as do all the tech stuff. Um, and Joseph Rothgar, he's been in development now for five years professionally. Um, Sheldon 
Death Barrel. He's been involved in four years professionally now. Uh, I actually work with him um, from a day job. And then myself, I've been in development now for 14 years, I think. I'm a, I'm a software engineering manager just in the So with the new day. Twitch setup, hopefully you um, Mitch, like it. Uh, we're, we're given a, a crown for size. Um, we're, we're always going to be... Mitch is a... Uh, Mitch leads a product, a product management company, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see. From development standpoint, we also have uh, Mark. Obviously, you know him. Um, Simple does development as well. He's done that for many years. Can't remember how many exactly. So I actually asked everyone to add them all up, and that's where I got the 60, 67 plus years of software development experience that I put on the website. Because we used to have five days experience on there, and I kind of wanted to like, well, and then we overcompensated, and we we got like people with like sixty seven years of experience. It's kind of funny. On the yeah, marketing a lot of- side as well, we got some absolutely amazing people. If you want to, them cook. Oh yeah, no and. And when I when I talk about like uh, development experience, that's just kind of what I mean for like building the apps and things like that. Like the, I I, I wasn't trying to downplay um, the project management piece, the marketing piece, the community management piece. You know, that's that's not my intent. I think just more from from just a development standpoint. And I missed Amir. How could I forget Amir? He's done it for like twelve years. So. Um, I just think it's important to say that we we have, I think, some really smart, intelligent people who are like actually building these pieces, and then all the people who are involved with like the marketing, the community management, the project management is just insane. So, um, I, I we have a leadership Discord, um, that's where we just kind of do um, we break out and do everything um, to try to kind of manage the whole process. And it's probably about as active as the actual Discord itself. It's just always moving. It's incredible. It's like literally really hard to keep up. In, and I try to keep up in both Discords. Yeah. And, and you know, we thought about like, well, you know, for sake of transparency, like maybe we could have like people see it. But at the, we realized at the end of the day, we might feel like we're in a zoo, you know, like animals in a case. <laughs> <laughs> just always being watched <laughs> yeah and so we just kind of like opted for you know what like there's no secrets in here right there's no ndas being signed or anything like that um but you know sometimes we just need a little bit of flexibility to just kind of work work on our own you know um without having to be like fully under the microscope but is there any questions about like what we're doing and how we're doing it like we're fully transparent about it so yeah we honestly try to share everything like that is that we know for sure because uh, we just have a, a thought process and just like bounce ideas from right uh, left to right and then decide on a um, final one and then we actually know what we want to do and that's the one we actually share we are not like hiding something or just hyping something and then telling you guys uh this 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 is happening and we didn't even start yeah no no um so that's Again, trying to be as transparent as 
uncomfortable in this entire process, which is, I think, really necessary to instill confidence in something like a token because you have to really, at the end of the day, it's a team, right? Um, and the question is, right, is the team trustworthy? Is the do they have the capability to actually build what they say they're going to build? Um, and do you feel like um, like they actually have good, innovative ideas? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a variety of things that help instill confidence and trust. And we're, we're trying as hard as we can to tick all those boxes. We know we're going to fall short in a few ways, but, you know, we're working on it. Yeah, I unfortunately have to go because my train is literally leaving in 45 minutes. Um, but I love you yeah, all and keep <laughs> killing it. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks, for, thanks for coming in. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Who's going to be Cog's sidekick now? <laughs> it be you, dude. It's like, it's, it's like in a talk show, you know, where there's like the main host. Somebody just sits on the on the couch. <laughs> I I I choose you, jellyfish. Oh damn! You should talk uh, about the exchanges. Oh man, like um, I've mentioned in the leadership chat, but today, like we're doing the burn, I was negotiating with uh, Bitsum, and uh, I was chatting with the CEO actually. And uh, while uh, while the burn was happening, I obviously left the chat to watch the burn. It's like, yo, dude, where did you go? Where did you go? And I just invited him to watch our, our chat. So all this buffoonery that was happening in the chat was witnessed by the BitFam CEO. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so, yeah. It wasn't that much yeah. buffoonery, right? Nah, honestly, it was just so much simping over Mitch, which was absolutely to die for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the man is just, is just insane. Hot. <laughs> Let's be straight about this. Let's be straight about. We we do have a lot of beautiful people on our team, that's for sure. And I've seen your face, dude. Yeah, you got you got the modeling gig going on too. So ah uh, man, I I look like a huge baby. <laughs> My Just grow a beard. <laughs> I I am I'm I will I will I will won't be lying to you. I have terrible genetics for like facial hair. Like it's just crazy. I'm trying my best to grow a beard. <laughs> it's not working. Well, it was really funny when people were like, "Oh, you're younger than we thought," and then you told us your age, and then everyone's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my 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 voice has uh, built it up. No, your your voice is awesome. I, I honestly think you should narrate some videos. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. J just like whilst the matter was there a few people here, just to give a few updates on the exchanges in terms of transparency, because it's sort of sometimes it's difficult to mention the main chat. But what David said uh, on the stream is absolutely true. We uh, to hype anything. And um, sort of, I'm I'm more or less headlining our negotiations with the exchanges. And trust me when I say this, guys, the, like the discounts uh, we're able to get just because our project is so unique is like it's crazy. Like, the, like there are a few there are a few exchanges that were more than happy to like be cut by fifty percent the listing fees or something. And again, not to hype anything up because uh, you know there's. Um, like we're still very 
early on in our development. Uh, so sorry, uh, in just in the project in general, we're still quite early. And what this means is we can't spend thousands of thousands of dollars on exchanges, and they are expensive. All right, I tell you what, if useless, if useless, uh, <laughs> if useless does an exchange, that that is where the money is because the the fees these guys bring in is just crazy. So yeah, uh, it, it's going to make sense for us to do a couple of more exchanges, just the best, you know, the best ones of the top ten CMC and sort of top fifty in general. But yeah, no, it's going on the exchange side. It's going extremely well. I am very, very impressed by the amount of attention we're getting. So I, I would say our biggest blocker, I guess, to getting on the exchanges is that, well, for one, um, the legal opinion, I think, is important. Um, so getting a legal opinion, I think, is going to open some doors to some exchanges that are kind of still... Um, holding off so we can finish those applications. Um, and then the, the other thing would just be money, right? Is we just have to fundraise for these things because we don't have a lot of money yet. And the token doesn't have a ton of liquidity. We could just draw, you know, $50,000 here and there, you know, from. Um, so we got to be really careful with the liquidity. It's like a had several people already describe it. It's like a little baby, right? Um, you don't draw, if you want to draw blood, Right and donate a ton of blood. You do it from a teenager or an adult. You don't do it from a kid or a baby, right? And so we're in the early stages right now, and so it would be really stupid for us to just drive the token price down by trying to sell like stuff from our marketing wallet to raise funds for an exchange. So that's why we're doing the fundraisers, is because we're really trying to prioritize the best bang for our buck. And dude, jellyfish, you're killing it, man, with your negotiations. I wasn't able to get anything like that at all. Maybe I'm just a big pushover or something. Because, like, you know, Bitmark came at me and they're like, 50K. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? And then here you are, you're just, like, pulling out the calculator and you're, like, you know, strategizing and testing their psychology. I love it. I'm like... Community management is just uh, like making sure that everybody's and like in terms of fundraising, I, I just want to say as well, like a lot of people in the chat here that I see now have um, like have donated a bunch of cash for the probit and like the fact that we achieved 25k in three days and only an insignificant fraction of it was raised by whales and everything else was raised by other community members. It's it's like it's mind boggling for me. I I have like I've I've been so happy just seeing that little green line going up and up and up. It's it's just crazy. So the beauty of useless for me is that unlike the most other tokens, we as sort of the leadership team. It's essentially can't succeed without everybody succeeding. So we're kind of a case where the sort of the bigger whales, obviously those who came in early and been able to get this sort of trillion, like trillion for a hundred dollars, etc. Like obviously because they took in more risk, they're going to sort of get great rewards. But it's not the fact that leadership team is going to succeed and take these profits. But everybody else is just, you know, lagging behind. And this is, like, yesterday I just had such an epiphany, you know, and I wrote in the chat, and, uh, like, this is probably 
like the only project in my life that I've been so, so, so confident in our success. And like, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Love it. Yeah. This feels like the early days of Safe Moon, not to keep bringing it up, but I mean, I've been there, I've seen it. And so it's like, I'm a, I'm a little anxious. If that's if that's the trajectory where we're going, I'm pretty anxious because there's going to be a lot on my shoulders. But you know, um, I will commit to do do my damnedest to make this successful. I don't know what else. What else would you like to bring up? No, I think the exchanges was was great, just because. Um, so what we're doing is we're we're stack ranking them. Um, so we're looking at the coin market cap uh, ranking that they have. We're looking at their their daily volume, you know, whether it's like, you know, 100 million or 1.5 billion. Um, we're also looking to see if there's like anything sus about them, like whether we actually like think they're faking volume, things like that. Um, and then uh, we'll look at the actual cost for the listing. Um, and there's always like, Interesting things associated too with the listings, like uh, the marketing that they're going to do um, around it. Some exchanges are just they'll list you and that's it. Some exchanges will actually commit a lot of time, energy, and effort towards you know email blasts and marketing and promotions and putting on your website and things like that. And so uh, you have to consider it from both a listing standpoint and a marketing standpoint, which is really fascinating. Um, and yeah, uh, once once. Once we kind of prioritize what we think would be the best bang for our buck, then we're just going to work our way down that list, right? Um, and we we have some really good deals that we're probably going to um, really just aggressively pursue first for fundraising once we get Probit up and running. Um, actually, we probably don't have to wait for that, frankly. I just I'd like to to see some more movement on that. They're they're getting their legal paperwork together and presenting all those the, the documentation paperwork crap that we have to sign but um but once uh once we get to that point where we're listed on a, on a few exchanges then um it's then releasing our dapp ebigo system it's the uh um the graphic keeps showing everyone looks like a penis i'll share it again <laughs> it's always fun to share that <laughs> um there we go I need to update this one because I always, I always forget. The arbitrage is not eight percent BNB; it's four percent BNB and four percent token. But whatever. By the way, guys, and like I know this is not an AMA, but this is sort of chatting. So if anyone has any questions or like anybody wants to say anything, just talk like <laughs> we're just chatting but, but, but yeah we're just chatting thing. like you don't don't feel weird yeah. about popping in so yeah. uh, sorry i got a question yeah um yes can you, sorry um do you mind to explain again the the reverse what and liquidify thingy because the only thing i can catch up is splitting the bnb into half and that's it <laughs> oh, okay yeah so swap and liquefy works uh, by taking a pool of tokens in the contract, like 500 billion. It splits it into two chunks, two pools, uh, at 250 billion each, right? And then what it does is it sells the tokens on the market for BNB. 
the BNB comes back into the contract, and then you now have a liquidity pairing of an equal value of tokens, the 250 billion that's left over. And now um, the BNB, which we know is the market value of the tokens, of 250 billion tokens, because they just sold it on the market, right? So you take the BNB and you pair it with the tokens and you inject into liquidity, right? Um, that's swap and liquefy. Now, the, the net effect that happens with that process is that it's a BNB neutral operation because what you're doing is you're selling tokens for BNB, you're pulling BNB out of the liquidity pool, and then you're injecting that same BNB right back into the liquidity pool. If that makes sense, you're just pulling it out for a second, pairing it, moving it back in. Um, now with uh, so the liquidity goes up, but the price goes down. Now reverse swap and liquefy is really interesting because instead of starting with tokens, it's now the opposite. You are now starting with nothing but BNB, and so you split the BNB into two pairs or into into pairs, right? So you have uh, half the BNB. Like so let's say it's a uh, Let's say it's 100 BNB. Let's go big, right? So you have 100 BNB in, um, in the pool. So you split 50 out. You take that 50 BNB and you put it as a buy order into the liquidity pool. So the BNB goes into liquidity and tokens come out, right? And so now what that does to the price is it's just like a regular buy. So you'll see the price go up. However, the liquidity will go down. The number of tokens in the liquidity pool is pulled out with the buy, right? Those tokens, um, and, and what that will do is reduce liquidity. So what happens is you now have in the, in the contract, you now have um, 50 BNB, and now 50 BNB worth of tokens. Now you have an equal pairing, and you inject that back into the contract. And what that does is it's a token neutral operation in the liquidity pool, meaning that the same amount of tokens that you started with this operation are the same amount of tokens in the liquidity pool. However, the price has increased. You've literally just injected BNB into liquidity, if that makes sense, without reducing the liquidity. So you could just buy that increases the BNB liquidity pool, but it drives down your liquidity. And so that's what we're really doing is we're trying to create a stable LP token, the first of its kind, where the, the liquidity is always anywhere between 10 to 15%. If we can pull that off, then that would be absolutely mind-blowing and amazing because it would optimize <laughs> would optimize. Um, what what the token needs at any given time. If you're at super high liquidity, um, say, for example, um, I, I don't want to pick on any token, but piggy bank token, right? Piggy bank token has really high liquidity right now, like around 40% last I checked. Now, what that does is it makes it almost like the price gets stuck. Um, when you sell a lot, the price doesn't go down that much. When you buy, the price doesn't go up that much. Um, very, very low volatility. Eventually, if you actually had 100% liquidity, um, you almost become like a stable token in some respect, right? Uh, I think the highest you can go, it depends on how you're calculating it. You can get up to like 
it just depends on on how much you're uh, you're calculating, whether you're basing it off the BNB in the pool or the, the tokens and the BNB in terms of value, but I digress. But if the number of tokens in the liquidity pool matches, yeah, the value of the tokens matches the market cap, then it just becomes super, super stable. Um, so anyway, back to piggy bank. Uh, piggy bank has a problem if their tokens are their liquidity is too high at 40%. So in that case, what we would be doing if we were piggy bank, right? Or if we were in a a situation where we had 40% liquidity, all the BNB put into the furnace would be going towards buyback and burning, which would aggressively reduce the liquidity. What we could also do is because we still have ownership of the contract, we're going to have LP tokens. And those LP tokens, we can literally extract the underlying liquidity and take the BNB and purchase and then burn, right? And so we could just quickly just hyper-inject um, based off of the extracted liquidity. We can then turn that into driving the price up, which is really cool. I kind of went off on a tangent there. Sorry. No, thank you so much. You explained really well. I can't say I fully understand the whole thing, but at least now I understand the aftermath because... I'm still really a rookie in cryptocurrencies here. I just joined because basically useless is the first crypto that I actually invested. So I'm still learning a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, I heard you mention, so you're trying to aim for like 10 to something percent of the liquidity. Is that really the, let's say the golden number? Or is that like the perfect standard? Yeah, it's a number we pulled out of a hat for what we think might work. <laughs> I mean, frankly, it's just based off of uh, um, what we what we've seen. Um, I I think it's good to have um, enough liquidity to where people can sell a significant amount and not affect the price. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of people want, especially if they own a, a lot of tokens, right? Um, so that having something around like fifteen percent feels good. Twenty percent feels good. Um, however, if you do have something around like um, 10%, then you could have a really impressive bull run as well, right? Um, so it's a balancing act. It depends on what you're trying, what you actually value, right? If you value stability, if you value people being able to cash out and cash in without too much interruption, then you value high liquidity. If you want to um, move and bull run quickly, and kind of maintain momentum and growth, I think lower liquidity around 10% would actually be ideal. And so we settled anywhere between 10 to 15 because we want to have the excitement of the chart moving relatively quickly over time. Um, But you have the downside as well, which are people selling down, and you'd also have some, some pretty scary dips as well. So we opted for kind of a balance 10 to 15 is more on the side of it being a little bit of a rodeo and a roller coaster at this phase, which high risk, high reward, right? I would much rather um, there to be movement in the chart than to feel like we're just stagnant and stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally get that. Thank you. Um, just a, sorry, I got another following up question. Yeah. So let's say for now, yeah, um, we want to like concentrate the growth in bull run. So let's say if we make it to liquidity 10%, 15%. But like after in the long term, when everything's gone stable, is 
Are you still going to try to aim for this liquidity level, or you, you might go for a bit higher? Yeah, I, I think our our values will change um, over time, right? And so, I think initially, right now, in our early growth phases, I I think that we should have relatively lower liquidity, just so that we have that vo that volatility, which will feed interest. Um, because you don't want the charts to be boring when you're too new, right? However, when you mature, I think you hit the nail on the head. We need to be able to change um, those those numbers, those thresholds, um, based off of uh, the changing maturity of the token, right? And so totally agree. I think once we hit something like a billion market cap, which is almost unfathomable to think of, right? Um, it would be much healthier if we had a 20 plus percent liquidity. Um, and so that might shift the goalposts up a little bit towards higher liquidity, which means a lot of the people who are early investors have the opportunity to cash out a bit. And that is healthy for the token. You don't want huge whales with low volatility. Uh, what you want to do is really like give these people the opportunity to cash out without like tanking the price. Oh, right. Thank you so much. It makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Happy to help. So, hey, David. Yeah. I have a roommate. You probably know him. So I'm throwing him under the bus because he doesn't want to speak in front of all these people. Can you explain liquidity pools and how they work? Uh, it's kind of a big question, dude. <laughs> all right. Then uh, smaller. Okay. How uh, does I'll... liquidity pools work? <laughs> how do liquidity pools work? All right, so um, imagine for a second that we're relaunching the token, right? Which we've already done. Yeah. Um, so what happens is when you first create a liquidity pool, you actually set the initial price. So imagine for a second that I say, uh, say we have a quadrillion tokens, um, and I say 500 trillion tokens are going to be part of this liquidity pool. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to inject one BNB. That would be one BNB for 500 trillion tokens. That's a lot, right, of, yeah. uh, of tokens for such a small amount of BNB. So what does that make you infer about the price of what those tokens are going to cost? That they're pretty low in cost, a lot of yeah. tokens, low amount of BNB. Yeah. So, so basically what we're saying is it's a ratio. You're saying that you can purchase 500 trillion tokens for one BNB. That's what you're basically saying, right? Um, okay. So what happens is that's a bad idea when you're first initially creating your liquidity pool um, because you're going to have someone come in and they're just going to buy a metric crap ton of tokens and they're going to be a massive whale and you do not want that. So what you want to do is you want to put some price gates in place. You want to raise the price to kind of price out people um, from, from becoming a massive whale. So instead of like saying 500 trillion tokens in one BNB, say it's 500, to 500 trillion tokens and it's 1,000 BNB or 500 BNB, right? Yeah. So that's why there's pre-sales. Um, a lot of tokens have these pre-sales, but what they'll do is they'll, um, they basically will not launch the token until it reaches a threshold like 500 BNB. And that, a, a large chunk of that 
will will go towards a liquidity pool, um, a very large liquidity pool. Um, and what that does is that keeps the price high when you launch it. So um, so your tokens are relatively expensive to buy in when you launch. That way, people just don't rush in and just buy out your you know a bunch of tokens in the liquidity pool and become a massive whale. So okay. so it's a ratio, right? So what happens is once you initially launch your liquidity, let's say we did 500 trillion, well, let's make it easy, One, 100 trillion tokens and let's say 100 BNB. That's relatively mm-hmm. reasonable. We're, we're basically setting a price now saying 100 trillion tokens, you can buy 100 trillion tokens for 100 BNB. So someone comes in and they decide, um, uh, let's back up a little bit. So this is a decentralized exchange. Now, when you're dealing with like a centralized exchange like BitMart or Binance, right? What you're actually doing is these are real human beings who are putting buy and sell orders in, and there's a lot of volume. Um, and so there's lots and lots of people for one particular token or coin who are putting up buy and sell walls. And then interested people who are going to buy are going to have to eat through those. You know, if you're buying, you have to eat through those sell walls. Or if you're selling, you have to eat through those buy walls, right? Um, and so liquidity is is a liquidity in a decentralized exchange is based off of user interaction. However, in a decentralized exchange, it's really clever how they kind of built this out is that you may have very, very low volume and you don't have someone who's setting up meticulously all these buy orders or all these sell orders, right? So the liquidity pool in a decentralized exchange like PancakeSwap or Uniswap, um, it is designed to allow for people to just come to the token, purchase freely from the liquidity pool, and then that affects the price. So when I come in and I want to buy the token, I come in with BNB, I say I want to buy it, I go to the liquidity pool, and I say, I will give you one BNB for a trillion tokens. And what happens is you put BNB into the liquidity pool, and it's a ratio. It's a, it's a sized ratio. The, how it works is the amount of tokens in the pool, the value of them has to equal the amount of BNB value in the pool. Um, and so, for example, if I were to put B and B in, I'm also reducing the number of tokens because I'm buying tokens. So I put B and B into the pool, I get tokens back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens to the pool in that case? The B and B goes up in the pool. The tokens go down in the pool. Now that ratio is and different. If you got that ratio a little higher. The price goes up a bit. Yeah. So if you have fewer tokens and more B and B, you're basically saying now instead of buying a hundred trillion tokens. For 100 BNB, you now can only buy um, 90, 900 billion tokens for 110 BNB or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So the price of your tokens go up. There's more BNB in the pool, there's fewer tokens. There's just fewer tokens per BNB, and that's how your price is calculated. So and then I assume the opposite is with the sell as well. So when I sell tokens, that adds more useless to the liquidity pool, but withdraws BNB. And so it's that ratio until you have enough uh, big enough community where you do have these sell walls and buy walls and enough volume being traded, 
the liquidity pool acts as that middleman. Yes. That handles all that. Yep. Okay. You, to- you totally nailed it. And so, for example, when I'm selling, all I'm doing is I'm putting tokens into the pool. I'm pulling BNB out. So I'm diluting the number of tokens in the pool and I'm reducing the denominator in the equation, right? Um, so the va- what actually brings value to the price is the underlying BNB. So when I sell, I'm, it's a double whammy. I'm adding tokens, which the, which inflates, uh, which causes inflation, which decreases the price. And then I'm pulling out BNB, which is pulling out um, the, what actually generates the, the price value, right? Mm-hmm. So, so buying, as a general rule of thumb, will decrease liquidity because when I talk about liquidity, it's usually the tokens in the pool, right? Yeah. As a percentage of the total tokens in circulation. So, yeah, when I buy, I put, I put in BNB into, there, in, into the liquidity pool. I pull out tokens. That increases the price. That decreases token liquidity. And if I did that indefinitely, um, I mean, the, the price would just absolutely skyrocket. It would go nuts, right? Um, now, when I'm selling the same thing, I'm putting tokens into the pool. Uh, um, yeah, I'm getting BNB back. And so that increases liquidity because there's more tokens as a percent of the total tokens in circulation. That creates lower volatility because that means for every, if I were to go in and um, here, here's a good example. Imagine that uh, we keep buying and buying and buying and buying and buying until there's only 100 tokens in circulation left, right? Yeah. What the graph mathematically will look like is as you get closer and closer, you're, you're never going to run out of tokens. You just exponentially it becomes more expensive to purchase tokens. Because when you have 10 tokens left... It's 10 tokens for all of that BNB that's in that liquidity pool. Exactly. So you've got to match that. And then at that point, it hits nine, and that just gets even harder. And then down until you have one left, but it's such an outrageous price that no one could actually purchase it. Exactly. And so that's what happens is when I talk about liquidity being below a certain percent when the price starts going parabolic. And so that is why um, I'm convinced that in order to have healthy liquidity is key to us climbing the stairs instead of shooting up parabolically in price and then come crashing down. Because what happens is every buy becomes exponentially more expensive. Well, Mm -hmm. every sell also moves the chart significantly way more than um, if you have very high liquidity, right? So it just rubber bands. It just exponentially goes up. It flips you off and then comes crashing back down, right? It's very elastic. Um, so having running out of liquidity is scary. And that's why swap and liquefy is so important is because every time you're going through and you're injecting liquidity, you're not actually injecting BNB into the equation. You're just injecting tokens. And when you just inject tokens, it keeps the price from going parabolic. And that's why we had to do what we did with the coin initially, because that on the old contract, that was not working. It yep. was not swap and liquefy. Okay. That is why we relaunched. It's because swap and liquefy was broken. And that meant that we would have always had a price ceiling. We would have always 
gone up in price, but it would have always been just super rubber bandy to the point where we're bouncing against that ceiling. Even if there's a ton of interest in the token, it's just so expensive, more exponentially expensive as you buy it, it would just bounce all over the place. We would be dealing with not not 3% liquidity, not 2%, not 1%. We would be dealing with fractional liquidity, like 0.7, 0.5% liquidity. And who knows, that obviously would not be healthy for the coin in the long run. No, and also what happens is a side effect, it, it makes your market cap a lie. The lower liquidity that you have, the more inflated your market cap is. Now, your market cap truly isn't like a lie, but it's a misrepresentation. So, for example, if I went on and I tried to sell a token, mm-hmm. I would be able to sell it for the price it's listed at. The problem is, is if I were to sell a lot of tokens all at once with low liquidity, I can't cash out all those tokens. I start hitting that parabolic curve, right? Mm-hmm. So you run into not being able to actually use the token as it's supposed to be used. Right, and you're, I'm saying, like, if, if I had, you know, we look at the liquidity right now. We're at five five 500,000 liquidity, right? Oh, we have, we have low liquidity. I want to get up, like, 10 15%, right? So we're at 3.5% liquidity right now. We just had a big bull run, right? We just yeah. almost, we just practically almost, uh, I wouldn't say double our price, but, you know, 50 80% increase in price. Um. Now, when that happens, our liquidity went down from like 4.5% down to 3.5%. Um, our market cap is simply the price of the token multiplied by the tokens in circulation. Mm-hmm. That is not representative of the elasticity of selling down, Right. So if I had $500,000 worth in tokens, I can't pull out 500000 Because if I did, as I, yeah, as I sell down, what's going to happen is it's just going to reduce the price every ratchet that I sell down, right? If I sell down, the price drops from 20 to 10, from 10 to 5, from 5 to 2, from 2 to 1, right? Um, the price is going to plummet as I as I sell down the BNB and, and inflate the number of tokens in the pool. So market cap doesn't mean you have those tokens in your wallet if you're a whale. So whales have to operate in a completely different universe where their token balance in their wallet is a lie. They So if I were to look at my wallet, right, and I'd be like, oh, man, I got a lot of tokens. Well, I can't cash out on those tokens, right? until I get the liquidity up to a healthy level. So I can sell down some tokens here and there, right? I can, um, and, and not really affect the price too much. I can pair them with buys and things like that. Um, so the price is accurate. I can sell a certain amount of tokens for the price it tells me I can sell them for, but I can't dump. I can't just sell everything all at once, or it would just drive the price down to zero or close to it, you know what I mean? And that's why it's so important that we, uh, well, obviously, Kark, you're a well, I'm a well. We both have been here for basically since the beginning. Uh, I think that's why this community is so amazing is the fact that we have these wells that are more interested in seeing this community grow 
and helping everyone else make a profit on this than just disappearing and taking the uh, the bag of money with them. Uh, I think it's it kind of shows with their whole, uh, well, the furnace, burning everything, turning it back in, because you're talking about that ratio between the number of tokens that are out in circulation uh, versus what's in the liquidity pool. And every time we're burning that, we're changing that ratio as well because we're getting rid of tokens out of circulation, driving everybody's price up a little bit more. And then on top of that, which is just crazy, then we have the whole uh, tokenomics, the reflections that are happening. Um, I do want to bring up something interesting that I looked up while we were uh, on the Twitch stream that I think you'd find interesting, uh, David. Yeah. But we, excluding the initial burn of the 750 trillion tokens, or 250 trillion initial tokens because we love memeing and just that's what we did. Uh, we have burnt 14 trillion tokens worth a quarter of a million dollars. So, yeah, pretty, pretty insane just how much, effectively, how much money that the corporation could have had that we have given back to, well, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, our investors, the investors, the community, all of us here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's important that we, uh, uh, we do the burns because, I mean, the, the burn ultimately is going to, um, you don't see it initially, right? But we're going to burn faster than you realize. We're going to come back. People who are just following this project, they're going to come back in six months and they're gonna be like, oh, you've burned that much already. And we also increase the amount of burn. So how, how the burns actually work is, well, there's two sides to this coin. There's the manual burns. There's the buyback and burns, right, on that kind of thing. There's yeah. also the volume-based burns. So this is largely dependent on volume. It's also one of the reasons why we decided not to go on exchanges and implement tokenomics is because we don't care about exchange volume. We care about like on-chain volume, on-chain tokenomics. So um, and when you implement a tokenomics on an exchange, you're really just creating a, um, a, a, a breaking system on a volume happening within the exchange which I think is kind of silly. You want people to probably trade freely on the exchange. And then if they want to participate on chain, they have to pay the tax, right? Just like how if I pull money out of PancakeSwap, I pay 8%, right? If I sell on PancakeSwap, I pay 8%. If I want to pull money out of an exchange, I have to pay 8%. If I want to put money into an exchange, I have to pay 8%, right? So thinking of an exchange like almost like pancake swap where you just put money into it or you pull money out of it and whatever happens inside the exchange right is that that's within that realm right it's in within that black box um so on-chain tokenomics right is what we're really focused on driving um and that's where we're going to get like real reflection that's where we're going to get like real burn right um but anyway my point is is that as the the reflection, that's how the burn, the volume-based burn actually happens. So the reflections are given to all wallet holders who are not excluded from the uh, the rewards. That includes the burn wallet. So mm -hmm. when reflections happen, 
reflections happen proportionally to everybody who holds holdings, including the burn wallet. So the burn wallet gets its holdings. It grows over time. And that growth is, is exponential. Yeah, as the burn wallet gets bigger and bigger, which part of that is we burnt those 250 trillion tokens at the beginning. That's already put the wallet right at the top there. And so it's getting a big share of those um, of those reflections, which is making even more burns, which is lowering the amount of coins in circulation. Right. And our top wallet holder actually uh, set aside 40 trillion tokens into a DX lock token locker. Um, and we, in preparation for that, we took the token locker, we excluded it from taxation, and we also excluded it from rewards. So those 40 trillion tokens are excluded from given rewards just because it breaks the token locker. So yeah, there's, there's another 40 trillion just literally locked away that's not receiving any reflections. Um, and that just proportionally increases everybody else's bag as reflections happen. Um, mm-hmm. so, so our goal is that um, the burn wallet, we do manual burns, buyback and burns, right? Um, is the goal is once we get to around 500 trillion burned, you're going to start seeing a significant increase in the amount of tokens going into the burn wallet, as assuming we have a, a similar level of volume. And it's going to be then 500, 530, 560, 600, 650, 700, 700, 800, right? Um, we're going to have fewer and fewer tokens taken out of circulation. What this does is it puts more and more um, pressure on our whales to sell down, right? Uh, because we just have fewer things in circulation flying around. Um, and hopefully what you'll see is as there's fewer tokens in circulation, you should start seeing the bags of whales like literally just diminish over time proportionally to our burn as it goes up. It'd be very exciting. Yeah. And that drives that volume and that's how you can naturally create that, that amount of buy orders and sell orders. That's we need to not necessarily move away from the liquidity pool, but to assist in being a decentralized exchange. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so cool. there's there's a lot of really exciting mechanics behind the scenes. And what's cool is if we ever decide to turn off that burn wallet from reflections, mm-hmm. everyone's reflections are going to go through the freaking roof. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they will. So if we get up to like 800 trillion burned, which I think is doable in a year, frankly. I can see it. Um, then we would be looking at um, an incredible amount of reflections. Imagine that burn growing so quickly, and then we turn off reflections for the, the volume-based burn. Yeah, reflections would be very, very um, exciting on the on-chain wallets. And so um, have, paying the 8% tax to go from the exchange to, to the on-chain um, would be totally worth it to uh, have a good ROI on your investments on chain. Um, and then assuming as we uh, ratchet up and put more and more profit, hopefully that additionally adds more, uh, more burn from a manual standpoint. Um, I don't know when we're going to turn things off, um, but what would, what's really exciting about turning off the burn or slowing it down 
is that uh, we can turn useless more into a currency. Right now, there's no sense to it, right? Um, the tax is too high. But yeah. if we were to get to a point, say, three years from now, and we were able to turn off the burn mechanisms, or at least slow them down to a reasonable degree, um, then we could use it as a currency. We could also eliminate or reduce our tax. We could handle all of our liquidity. Um, we could have a small reflection tax, and then we could have you know, no liquidity tax because that's all being handled by the arbitrage um, contracts and the bypass contracts we're setting up. Um, so we, we literally could run our whole liquidity pool off of sidechain tokenomics, right? Like, or sorry, side tokenomics, not sidechain, um, which would be really, really exciting where we're just arbitrage fuels our liquidity for PancakeSwap. That'd <laughs> be so cool. Um, so obviously, it may not work out exactly the way that I described, but that's a vision that I have for us eventually is that we... Um, we are one of the few tokens, I think, that are doing this smartly with how we're dealing with exchanges. And if SafeMoon doesn't get their act together and turn off tokenomics on BitMart, I'm a little worried for them. Um, I And I say that as someone who is a platform community manager for SafeMoon. So, you know, I love SafeMoon. I love the project. But man, like, please, 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 like, get off of the token for for bitmar it's going to cause some issues yeah it's insane well i think that answered my questions let me uh all right yeah that that also answered my roommate's questions so cool yeah but just anyways. one very, sorry yeah just one very quick thing from me in terms of because we see a lot of questions in the main chat regarding liquidity and how it works and what the LP is. And just just to give a very quick analogy to, you know, help perhaps if there's anyone on the chat that doesn't necessarily understand what liquidity is and what liquidity pool means, is that the key thing to understand here is that while crypto market may sound very complicated and you have all these tokens, uh, tokens, tokenomics, liquidity pool, it's not really any different to any other market there because at the end of the day, it is ruled by the laws of supply and demand. And if just for the liquidity pool, you exchange the BNB and useless, which are the two liquidity pool, if you just exchange that into, say, gold bars and dollars, actually the exact same relationship, the more gold bars there are, the less they cost, the more dollars there is in the system. Uh, the less gold bars uh, cost as well. Like, it, uh, so sorry, no, the opposite, the, the more gold bars cost. Yeah, it's essentially as simple as that. Just next time, if you're worried about what the liquidity what the liquidity pool is, just exchange it for something, for some other product, I don't know, Twinkies and dollars, or I don't know, Skittles and et cetera. Like, it's, it's literally the same thing. And once you get to sort of these similar, sort of smaller and simpler analogies, it like it becomes it starts making a lot more sense to what we're doing because essentially it's just the very very simple and basic rules of supply and demand. And um, yeah, <clears throat> I have a question. Um, yeah, should we be careful in how we state? what happens with the burner or indicate that it may increase your 
you know, uh, returns and things like that. Because I think that's one of the reasons that finance is being looked at hard in the U.S. is because of the burn that they do and and insinuating that that's going to increase its value, basically. I mean, it is just supply-demand. That value likely would increase, right? But um, that's assuming the same, uh, again, supply and demand, right? So I, I think that burn doesn't necessarily mean a price increase, um, but in a vacuum and nothing else really changes, it's it it, it typically will. Um, and so um, I, I'm not going to lecture people on supply and demand, um, but you're right. You got to be careful anytime you insinuate that something's going to increase the price. And so when we say burn and it's deflationary, um, it makes it, I mean, obviously just the rarity of it um, means it's, it's more difficult to procure and therefore it's likely to increase the value of it. Uh, but the value is what people are willing to pay for at the end of the day. Um, so just burning tokens doesn't make the tokens more valuable if nobody's interested in them. Yeah, I was just meaning more for the safety of the community and, in this sec coming after it because they did this, this with Binance or at least looking at Binance for that reason. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I, I think it goes to say that anyone who's part of the core team, anybody who's part of the corporate multi-sig, right, anyone, uh, we, we should just be really careful that we do not promise um, or make insinuations to the price going up, right? This is a risky investment. I mean, full stop, guys, right? Um, there's a lot of tokens who are very similar to us um, who've had bad times, right? But I think that we we have a, a fighting chance for things to go successful. I think that there's a lot of core fundamentals that we check all the right boxes on. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, anything crypto related is a risky investment. And so do your own research. Um, but we can promise as a team um, to be open and transparent about what we're doing. We can talk about, you know, the safety and security of the token. We could talk about um, what we're actually doing in order to help build value in it. And so um, I, what I really like about our model here is that if we never brought anybody else in, if we stopped marketing right now, and then our company ended up being very profitable, and then we use those profits to inject um, BNB into liquidity, either through buyback and burn or reverse swap and liquefy or through liquidity injection. All three of those methods get BNB into liquidity pool, which increase the price. Well, not liquidity doesn't um, injection doesn't increase the price, but it injects profits into the into the token nonetheless. If if we're able to do that, then again, nobody else coming in will still be successful as a token, which is really exciting. I mean, it's this math at that point. You'd have basically people selling down probably, right? Uh, but at that point, it's almost like dividends or just raking, the company rakes in profit, it puts it into the token, and then certain people sell down as the price increases. And what are they doing is they're basically swapping their equity for profit, right? They're just basically scraping corporate profit at that point. Um, that's that's an exciting position to be in because we're not a speculative investment at that point. That's that's really cool. I mean, most cryptocurrencies aren't backed by anything, right? And to say a cryptocurrency is backed by 
the company injecting its profits into its liquidity pool. That's a cool thing to say. Um, now, the, the end result of that, um, like I said, there's concerns about we're talking with attorneys right now about whether or not that's uh, considered to be a security. I don't think it is. Um, I hope that the answer we get back is that we are not um, a security. Um, and then we can continue as is without the SEC really coming after us. But if it does come back that we're tied to being a security, like I said, we could create profit through our D apps and funnel the profit directly into the, uh, um, to the token in a decentralized way without going to the corporation. And so we still have a backup plan, even if we're smacked down by the attorneys, smacked down by the SEC, right? And they, they consider this to be a security rather than a token. We still have a plan to really turn D app profits, quote unquote, right? into more of like just how our ecosystem engine runs. And I think we'd have a really strong argument that our, you know, um, that our, our company would be a separate entity from the token mechanics that are happening in that ecosystem. Went off on a tangent there. Sorry. <laughs> did that answer your question or did he leave? I think he left. Huh? Well, if you got no more questions and we could probably call it if you'd like, I mean, if anybody's burning to, Yes. No. I think I have a question, Karg. Uh, I kind of asked this in the chat as well, but it would be interesting to hear from you. We are auto deflationary by nature, and we've added pump and burn. Uh, on top of that, it's a new thing that our project alone is doing in the industry. So, what what is our target on the pump and burn on how long we we are looking to do that? And is there anything in your mind about the target circulating supply that we would want to get to? Uh, that's a good question. Um, there's no end in sight, I think. Um, so, unless there was really like down the road some sort of weird edge case where like. We're making a lot of money, but our market cap is so insane with just people, right? Um, just in, and investors injecting a ton of money into it to where our profit doesn't even dent, um, you know, the price or the market cap or whatever. Then it may make sense at that point to like be like, okay, let's let's talk with people. Let's see what we want to do with this. Maybe the, the you know, maybe the pump and burn got us started, um, but maybe it's no longer having the effect that we asked for. Um, that's a good problem to have. And we can have that conversation about running the corporation and separate, you know, profits separately from the token. And that's, that's fine. Um, but the goal is to do it indefinitely. Um, I, I don't want to like preclude anything and say like, ah, well, you know, like we're going to do this always. And then I have to eat my words, you know, like two years from now. Um, but I think where it makes sense, you know, a reasonable evaluation is what's happening. Um, and for whatever reason, like, let's say that we don't have new holders at all. The pump and burn could be like, save our butts, right? You know, we're going through a down cycle and then we're the apps and the D apps are just making hand over fist and we're pumping. Um, and then we weather some crypto winter and people see that we're doing well, then they, it's a feedback cycle to where they look at that and they say, oh, this is a good investment, right? And then they invest. So you're right. Um, it could be a symbiotic relationship. Maybe the uh, the corporation um, is able to leverage some of the capital that's raised by the interest that happens with those pumps and then feeds that back into the corporation to help make more profits. 
that's how I envision it um, happening indefinitely. That's how what I hope happens indefinitely. I could also see a scenario where the interest in the token um, takes a more speculative nature and outpaces the profit significantly. Um, if that does happen, like I said, it's a good problem to have. Um, you could probably leverage that situation to inject more opportunity into the business to generate more of a profit. That's my hope. So I, I hope that the success of the token independent of the corporation allows for the corporation to make more money because we want to look at it as a startup. We want to look at it as a money generating revenue generating operation. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd have to play that by ear. Um, there's, there's no real clear answer based off yeah. of what we have here, especially considering the fact that we have not even begun the process of injecting money into the token and seeing what result that has. Um, I don't know if that quite answers your question, but I think I touched, touched most of what yeah. where mine was. Sure, it definitely does. Uh, thanks for that. Wrong. But we don't have a target circulation supply in, in mind, though, right? No, um, I, th I think that um, we'll probably get more of a grasp um, as we go through the next weeks and months. Um, and especially if we, we do get to a point where um, we get an answer back on a legal opinion and they're said that, yes, go ahead, you can do this, and we launch our app, we're out of beta, we start making money. Um, it's, I don't know where the token will be when the profits start coming, right? Um, and so it will be, it will be interesting. We're, we'll have to see uh, like how fast the company is growing compared to the token. And then, you know, my goal is to get, my main goal is to generate revenue and to generate arbitrage. So the apps need to make money and we need to generate arbitrage revenue to get our liquidity up. If we can do those two things, we are going to be um, probably successful, not financial advice. But I mean, again, that's that's our goal. That's our, our hope. Thanks, Carl. Hey, you're welcome. All right. Um, Low-key flex. I need to talk to SafeMoon Dev. So I will, I'll probably have to pop off. But I will, I will chat with you guys later. All right, take care. Yeah, take care.